Hey everybody, I'm Dr. Frank Banfield with Kids Beach Club and so excited to have with us today at Kids Beach Club in our podcast studio, Cassie Cooper. And Cassie is the author of a brand new book. I think this like just been out a couple weeks, right? Yes, a few weeks. Yes. And it's called Now Not Later. So, uh, which is an interesting title. So we better get into this now and not later, but we'll we'll get into it just a few moments. But uh, first of all, welcome, Cassie. Glad to have you here in our offices today. Yeah, thank you so much. I am so thankful to be here and just wanted to say a quick thank you to you and your, your family and your wife, just because I know that you've started a chain reaction even within my parents and my family that you know has impacted my life. And so um, I know that they're not the only ones that y'all have impacted, but I'm really grateful to be here and get to know more about how you know we're getting to partner together you know, in right. different ministries to to get to help preteens encounter Jesus yeah, now amen. and not later. Amen, that's right. And so I have could tell our folks a little history. So I've actually known Cassie as long as she's been alive. So uh, I've known her parents. We've been friends with her parents for uh, since we moved to Texas, which has been 23 years, and you're 22, right? So just shortly before you were born, uh, but knew your parents and became good friends with your parents. Uh, went to the same church together for many years, and then we later moved away. But uh, so so excited and so excited to see you now, grown up, and and doing some exciting things for the Lord. So uh, so tell us a little bit about yourself. You are in college mm-hmm. still for a little while, right? Yes, I'm a senior at Texas A and M, and in my senior year, and for my last semester. I'm student teaching here in the Dallas area in a high school to finish out my degree. And so, yeah, it's, it's been a wild ride and a proud fight in Texas Aggie yes. class of 2023. Yeah. And so, yeah. So for folks who don't aren't from Texas and yeah. don't know about Aggies, <laughs> it's a big deal, right? And so their Aggies yeah. are very, uh, very proud. So uh, as they as should be. So very <laughs> And your, both your parents... Went to A&M, is that right? Yes, and your mom, sir. I think your mom did, but both of them did, right? Yes, my, my mom went for like a semester or so. My dad graduated from there, and so. Yeah. Yeah, once an Aggie, always an Aggie. Yes, so. very good. Well, we're glad that you took time out uh, right before you start student teaching. Mm-hmm. So, you're going into education, so yes. you want to be a teacher. Yes, and I'll be certified for EC through 12, and so it's been really cool to get to grow in my, you know, professional development within teaching and uh, with, with students of all ages. Um, so I, I love the whole preteen to like high school age group, especially. So very good. All right. So you're, you're in college, mm-hmm. which is pretty intense. Uh, and so you're in college. And when I was in college, I wasn't thinking about writing books. I, I wouldn't even think about reading books. Like if it wasn't on the required reading list, yeah. I didn't even look at it. I read my Bible, but that was about it. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, and even that was kind of a struggle. But I, I, so you're in the middle of school and you decide to write a book. I mean, what in the world were you thinking? Yeah. So to answer that, you know, I also, you know, I was mainly just reading my Bible. I've read a few Christian books, but I was never a big reader growing up and never, of course, not a big writer either. And so that's what was pretty crazy. So this, back, this past March, during spring break uh, this year, of this year, like eight or nine months ago, uh, the Lord just made it really clear to me um, that he wanted me to write this book. And it was crazy. I mean, but he casted vision for it. He, like, gave me all these ideas, like, out of nowhere. Um, and so, like, I had, like, voice memos from this drive that I had where I met with the Lord, and he made it super clear. Uh, 
and it's just like an hour-long voice memo of all these different ideas and and so you know I was excited about it in the moment but uh after that moment ended my flesh hit me so hard I was like no way are you gonna write this book like I don't know what I'm doing like it's not like I've enjoyed writing or reading uh-huh. or anything but um so I kind of like just ignored it a little bit mm-hmm. uh, but I continued to have more ideas that spring break and I kept writing them down with like just just in case mindset and so by the end of spring break uh, the Lord got me to sit still with him a little longer before I went back to college and he made it very clear that I was supposed to do this and um, you know before I even left that moment you know I was sitting in a hammock I talk about it in the preface of the book and uh, before I even left that hammock, I knew that I was supposed to step down from a different ministry to make room to be obedient in writing this book. Because, I mean, I knew, I didn't know what I was getting into, but I knew it was going to be a big, um, it was going to take a big sacrifice of right. time and effort. And, and so, uh, yeah, I texted my superiors and said, like, long story short, this is crazy, but, um, I know the Lord's told me to do this. And so, yeah, yeah that started back in March. And so in, wow. in short, like I would have never done it if it weren't for the Lord. And, and this is a legit book. I mean, this isn't like, you know, 10 pages and, and 50 pages of pictures. I mean, you got pictures in here, but this is, you know, 311 pages, footnotes. And I mean, this, you know, uh, this is legit. And having written a couple books, uh, I didn't do it in as short a time as you did. I mean, it, it takes quite a bit of time. Uh, which is absolutely amazing. So, so when so talk about your hammock. Uh, so mm-hmm. you're you, you go to a park, yes. right? And you, mm-hmm. you have a hammock, and you're just like hanging out with God in the park. Yes, yeah. So there's this park by my house that my dad and I uh, went to growing up, and there's this really pretty forest, um, secluded area in the back. And so um, I was learning at this time that it's so important to be still. And listen to the Lord. I'm really good about talking God's ear off in prayer, but I'm really bad about sitting and listening and being still. And so I was learning how to rest in the Lord better at that time. And uh, so I was like, it was about time. I went to church that Sunday morning, but I had an 8 a.m. class that Monday. Uh, so I needed to get back. And so, you know, normally I'd leave after church, after lunch. And how long of a drive is that? It's about a three-hour drive. Um, and so, but this time I was like, just knew that the Lord wanted me to sit a little longer and just sit with him. Um, and so I went to the park and I packed a bag full of like journals and a book to read and um, bracelet beads, different things to do. And when I got there with my agenda of what I wanted to pray about, what I wanted to do at that time with my time with Jesus, like he swiped all of that to the side and was like, nah, we're going to talk about this book thing. And so that, yeah, it was, it was a mind blowing experience for sure. So where did the title come from? And, and and so tell us a little bit about what the book is about, yeah. which I think has something to do with the title, Now, Not Later. Mm-hmm. So tell us about the title and, and kind of the premise of the book. Yeah, and so this, this book is called Now, Not Later. Like you said, it's to empower and equip young people to wholeheartedly follow Jesus now, not later. And so this book, uh, from its beginnings, I believe in the hammock that day, the Lord had already given me this title from you know the best of my mm-hmm. memory. And he already gave me a good idea of what this book would include. And so it's a mixture of both. It's Well, it's for sure. It's the what, why, and how to wholeheartedly follow Jesus now, not later, no matter how young the age. And so um, I think it's super important to discuss the why and discuss um, how to actually do it. You know, because I think, and to, and to practically talk about it, you know, go to scripture and then make it make sense 
to someone who maybe has never grown up in the church or doesn't even know what the gospel is. Everything from someone who isn't a Christian at all mm-hmm. and maybe grew up in a different religion or just didn't grow up in church to someone who's all in for Jesus is already wholeheartedly pursuing the Lord anywhere in between that I address everyone uh, wherever they're at and help them to understand like what is the gospel and what is he calling us to and uh, talking about the difference between wholehearted devotion like the Bible talks about and loving the Lord, the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul and and talking about how if he says all it means you know there's a way to to accidentally serve two masters which he says we can't do that you know you'll either hate the one and love the other and and so just helping bring to life to people um my story as well and helping them to get like an example of like well I fell in love with the Lord at 12 by the grace of God and you know despite the age and you know it kind of felt lonely and I think as I went throughout my middle school and the district I grew up in as well as in my church I felt kind of lonely about you know like wow, Jesus is so real, and yeah. he's, he's meeting me where I'm at, you know, in the morning times, in, my, in the Word, in prayer, just being brought to tears by the presence of God at 12, you know, and, and not, like, m- meeting many people my age at that time, experiencing so, that. And so I think that that really stirred me as I've grown up to kind of say, like, and hear more testimonies when I meet people in college of, like, oh, like, yeah, I didn't really wholeheartedly pursue Jesus till like, later high school or college or... And things like that. And so I just made me wonder, I was like, you know, why? You know, mm-hmm. like God is all powerful, all knowing. It's not about age. You know, he chooses the least likely. Mm-hmm. It's not about, you know, so why not now? Right. So there's a lot in there I kind of want to unpack a little bit. So yeah. so let's kind of start with this wholeheartedness. So mm-hmm. uh, how, how do you define that? What does wholehearted, loving, serving Jesus look like? Yeah, um, I think first thing I want to say is, something I have to share in my book is there's a difference between imperfectly wholeheartedly pursuing Jesus and imperfectly half-heartedly pursuing Jesus. Right. And so there's no, like, we're never going to be able to look at someone and be like, Oh, like, you know, they're the perfect, you know, definition or, um, we can't know for sure who's saved and who's not. The book is really about just looking at what scripture says and what God differentiates someone who, um, you know, it talks about denying yourself and taking up your cross and what it looks like to to leave your old life and to walk into the new life and not serving two masters, um, like I mentioned earlier, um, only being able to fully devote yourself to one or the other. And so um, I think uh, this illustration might paint it a little bit that I share in the book. Like, imagine if like you're at a traffic light and normally, like, there's two sets of lights, and those, they're simultaneously glowing the same color, telling you to go, slow down, or stop. But let's say one day, like, those two lights, one is glowing red and one's glowing green, like, what do you do? And so, like, if you follow the green, you're going to despise the red light if you follow, you know, vice versa. And so, in the same way, if Jesus is telling you green and the world's telling you red, whatever you follow most of the time is probably your master. Mm-hmm. And that can kind of show you where your heart is at. You know, who do you care and love most? Is it, you know, all of us have a sinful nature, right? And we want to choose our own way. And we, you know, pick up these idols of wealth or health and um, all these different things, you know, popularity and comfort, all these things. Uh, but the Lord wants us to choose him. And so I think wholehearted, is it's more about, you know, what is, the scriptures say about 
being able to lay down our life. You know, whoever loses their life will gain it. Um, and so choosing Jesus above all. So as the young, you kind of alluded to this a little bit, you felt because you were trying to pursue Jesus was your, your whole heart as best you understood it at the time, you even in church, even you know in church and in school, you you felt kind of different. Is that right? So yeah. so what was that like, and 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 why keep you know why have you felt so different? Why keep pursuing the Lord in that? Yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah, that it was quite a time, and it's honestly one of the sweetest times I can look back in my life. You know, um, I just remember you know spending time with the Lord, like. It was around 11, 12, roughly, but I remember at 12, for sure, I was beginning to prioritize a, day, a daily time with the Lord, where, you know, before school, I'd spend time with the word, in the Word and in prayer, and I really remember, like, the Lord meeting me there, um, and, like, that being, like, a huge catalyst, and I'm really, like, I went to youth group, and I went to church, and those people pointed to me so well, and I'm so loved and, and learned so much. But I think that those times with the Lord in the mornings, you know, that really began to allow the Lord to, to do a work in me that I couldn't do on my own. And so I think, you know, that was a big piece. And I talk a lot about that in the book. Mm-hmm. That's a big thing that I think, you know, Jesus talks about in that of um, and he's the bread of life. And so like we man cannot live on bread alone, but by every word of the mouth of God. And so I think just becoming more dependent on Jesus and praying that I would desire what he desires daily at that age. I think that's kind of what it looked like. And that, you know, that time with the Lord led to, you know, like I said, I prayed that I would desire what he desires. And so when I went to a, to a school full of people who didn't know Jesus, truly, especially in my area, a lot of people didn't know Jesus at all. Or if they did know Jesus, like they didn't really want to talk about it. They didn't want to acknowledge it. And they were kind of ashamed of it, depending on who they were they were around. And so, you know, I went to school and I was like, wow, like I really love Jesus and I've really met with him and I really believe he is the one way to eternal life. And so if I really believe that, what is my response to all these lost people I'm sitting next to every day? And so, you know, I think it really began this pursuit of informal and formal ministry from the time of 12 to now, um, of just like wanting to reach the lost and, um, and, you know, imperfectly, you know, there's going to be days where you're like, oh, that's scary. I don't want to do it. Or that takes a lot of time and effort. But I think, you know, starting at 12, I remember I tell stories uh, to paint a picture for 12 year olds and younger, you know, that you don't have to know the whole Bible. You don't have to know everything. Um, like I've met people in South Asia who heard about Jesus for the first time ever and heard the gospel, received the gospel. And um, they, you know, they have greater spiritual maturity because of their response to the gospel they already go and share it they already give up what they have they already repent from their sin um versus me you know i grew up in the church and it took me forever to be unashamed enough to go invite someone to church with me you know so you can see like there's a difference there and so for me i began to pursue this well you know i'm i've been given life and i want to share that life with others and um, so it really began with alone time with the lord and that shifted to wanting to reach people so so you're you're 12 is when you really kind of fell in love with Jesus. Were there certain factors that kind of led to that? I mean, you just like wake up one day, so I just need to hang out with Jesus. I mean, so what were the influences in your life that were kind of moving you in that direction? Yeah. So thankfully, I grew up in a Christian home, and I had awesome parents. And, um, you know, I don't even have time to go to their story, but their testimonies really impacted me. 
um, as I grew older and that of, you know, they didn't necessarily have spiritual leaders in their life and they came to know Jesus later in life. And, you know, they were definitely a model of like the gospel. Like I knew what grace and mercy was before I could give a definition of it by how my parents loved me. Um, and they just embodied the love of God. And so I think that they really modeled that as well as, you know, modeled spending time in the word and in prayer and sharing the gospel at the park on Saturday morning walks and modeling, you know, going to all nations uh, to share the gospel. And so I think with that modeled for me, um, it definitely planted that seed. Um, but I had many people in my church too, and friends in my life and even uh, family members, you know, who had that same model uh, but didn't choose to, you know, pursue Jesus at all or in the same way to the same degree. And uh, for me, I think there was a mixture of that as well as a family member who, you know, they, they grew up the same way I did, but they chose not to follow Jesus. And from the time of 12 years old, I have a journal entry that says um, a prayer for this person to come to know Jesus. Uh, because I could tell at this point that they weren't actually saved when they said that they once were as a child, right? right? And um, and that really caused me to dig deep of like, you look around the world and there's kids following the same faith as their parents in Hinduism, Islam, you name it, like across the world. And so I was like, well, why am I following Jesus? You know, I live in the South, in the United States, is that why? Or my parents Christians, is that why? Or is Jesus actually the creator of the universe? And did he really send his son Jesus to live the perfect life I could not live and to die the death I deserved and the resurrection from the grave? Like, is this really truth? And if so, then it changes my life and it changes why I live. Like every second of every day should be shifted. And so that made me dig deep. And um, really so you, to you had to life. make faith your own. Yeah. So yeah. I, I know sometimes we often hear that it's in the college years, it's, it's in the mm-hmm. 20s, mm-hmm. Uh, or sometimes when, when young people go off to college, they have to wrestle with that. But it sounds like you made, you wrestled with that age of 12, and you made that choice that this is going to be for me. You, you know, you were given the tools from your parents, probably because mm-hmm. you had another family member who was also given the same tools, mm-hmm. but it all comes down to a choice. Yeah. And, and so for parents, you know, we can, as a parent, you know, I've got kids your age, and and so it's, it's we do everything we can to set themselves up, set them up for spiritual success. But then it's up to them to choose. Right. And you wrestled with that at that early mm-hmm. age, didn't mm-hmm. you? Yeah, and I think my parents did a great job of like, you know, they took us to church and they didn't just, you know, that wasn't it. You know, they brought Jesus home with them. They mm-hmm. talked about Jesus as we were eating or throughout our day, took us to bed and read the Bible with us. They they brought Jesus into it, but they also didn't make us do everything, right? Mm-hmm. Like they let us have room to choose, which I think is really important certain things like, you know, going to youth or choosing to uh, spend time with Jesus. That was never something that they had me, like, forced me to do. Uh, That was something that, you know, my youth pastor, my, you know, senior pastor at my church, you know, taught us, like, the Word of God is living and active. Like, this is something that can nourish your soul. Um, And so I think, you know, with that mix of church, with that mix of parents, but also room to know, like, hey, like, I want to do this mm-hmm. instead of being forced to do something your whole life. I think that that is really valuable. You know, giving some structure, giving some some spiritual guidance, mm-hmm. but also leaving room for them to 
choose Jesus because that's salvation, not not forcing someone right. to sign off on or check the box of Christian. It's, oh, I'm going to choose to follow Jesus. I'm going to leave my old life and follow him. And so there needs to be a little bit of room for that. Yeah. That I think that they provided. Now you mentioned South Asia. So uh, you've, you've been overseas. You've, you've done some missions work, uh, mostly with your dad, as I mm-hmm. understand it. And so tell us a little about that and how has that kind of shaped you and, and, you know, what impact has that, those experiences had on your life? Oh, yeah. Uh, a really great influence, for sure. Um, a really big impact on my life. Uh, starting at 13, I went on my first trip. And that was also, you know, a God story. Um, I mean, before I even really believed, I was, like, excited about Jesus and pursuing Him wholeheartedly. Um, I remember the Lord, like, making it clear that, like, He had a plan for me to go. Um, and like cried, it was like, ah, like this is crazy. Um, like it was a really unique opportunity or like experience with the Lord. And so on my first trip, I was, it was the day I turned 13 and then, um, went every year since then. Um, and then throughout COVID did some virtual trips as well, but going there and like I mentioned earlier, you know, seeing the Holy Spirit work in a way and meeting, obviously, you know, seeing the conditions of these people, um, I think it definitely rocked my world. You know, I would come back. I mean, even just from one trip, I came back to the States and, you know, saw, like, the value. You know, had a whole new perspective of the value of the gospel and a perspective of, like, these people understand, like, life on earth is not all there is. Mm -hmm. They just don't know. They just have the wrong idea of, you know, what to put their faith in, right? Um they haven't had the opportunity, a lot of them, a lot of them are unreached people groups that we're working with, so they haven't had the opportunity to hear about Jesus, and so when I go, I'm like, dang, like, we have Jesus readily available on every corner, we have, you know, everyone here knows what the cross means a little bit, you know, everyone knows what church symbolizes, all those things, but, like, we have undervalued the gospel and what it's about, and so I think it made me cherish it more and realize, like, I need to go share it, not just overseas. I need to share it here and in my school and in my hometown. And I think it's important for we kind of move off from that area of your life that your parents, uh, you know, it sounds like they're pastors and, but they're, you know, they're not, I mean, they're in ministry, but they're not like professional ministers, right? Mm -hmm. They're, your your dad's an engineer. Uh Yeah. My mom is stay at home and does a lot of part-time jobs and, and, that played a big role in my life, you know, getting to spend time with me and care for my life, the details of my life and my dad, you know, he does a full-time job, worked a lot of overtime, uh, but he makes time in the mornings to take part in ministry work. And So they're just regular people regular who people. just love Jesus. Yeah. And just like you're a regular young person who loves Jesus. Yeah. 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 So um, in your, uh, so I'm going to read a little excerpt out of the book and I'd love to have you comment on it. So you say one of Satan's favorite words is later. Read your Bible later, pray later, trust Jesus later, keep Christ at the center later, start sharing the gospel later. Later really just means never. Mm-hmm. It's just disguised as something that seems more innocent. That's, that's, that's powerful. So how'd you come up with that? How'd you figure that out? Um, yeah, all glory to the Lord, of course. But yeah, I, I mean, just from my life experience, I mean, I was always tempted by the enemy to do something later, um, especially when it came to following Jesus and being obedient. And so, 
yeah, I think, like I, I mentioned in there, you know, I mean, just practically for a second, when you have an app on your iPhone, I share this in the book as well, there's a little prompt that comes up, a little menu that pops up and it says, rate the app now or remind me later. Hmm. To this day, you know, I click remind me later out of habit and I never end up rating this app, you know? And so it's kind of like maybe our laters, hopefully by the grace of God, do become, you know, a now. Yes, I will follow you now. But Satan really, he's not going to tell you to never, you know, if you're not a believer, to never follow Jesus. He's like, oh, wait until later to follow Jesus. Or if you're already Christian, he's going to like, oh, wait till you're older to share the gospel or wait to get serious with Jesus later because like you don't need to right now. Because that sounds way better than saying, oh, you'll never learn to share the gospel. You'll never read your Bible. Because that seems like an obvious evil thing, but later seems so innocent um, in every aspect of life. But I think especially spiritually, I think he comes to steal, kill, and destroy, like the word says. And later is just one of those words you can twist and just add in, and it seems okay. But it's really just, I mean, I also mentioned like a later, later may never come. For us, I mean, this life is not promised, um, but also if later does come, it's a later full of missed opportunities to live for what matters most. And so it's kind of like remembering, like, what is this life for and what life is after this? And why would I choose later if I could choose right now to live for what matters most? And so it's hard. It's hard work. And it takes the Holy Spirit of God yeah. you know, to choose now. It's not something we can, like, you know. If I just put enough umph into it, no, it's like we need the power of God. We need to lean into the Spirit to say now and not later. But yeah. So what are some what are some ways that we can kind of now, not later? So I know. So you talked a little bit of early on about how just in the course of the book you had to make some changes. So in order to write the book now and not later, you mm-hmm. had to give up some things. Right. So does living a now not later life mean? We're always giving up stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. how, how does that look? How do we get there? Yeah, yeah. I think in order to be obedient, I mean, it's something I'd also mention in here that I learned from someone else and we learned from the Word of God is, you know, if we want to see the work of the Spirit and we want to see the movement of God, it requires to sacrifice and deny ourselves and die to ourselves in the sake, in the sense of like, you know, my flesh didn't want to write this book at all. <laughs> Thing, you know, so all glory to God. It's I, I really, and I'm not just saying that, I really was like, there's no reason for me to add it to the mix. There's plenty of great authors, plenty of great books, YouTubers, podcasters. But, you know, it's, it's the Spirit of the Lord that helps us to walk into that obedience. And so, yeah, I think that is, that is really the key, is just leaning into the Spirit and... Spending time with him, getting to know what he has to say, right? Because, I mean, if you're only drenching yourself with the things of the world, then that's what's going to impact your thinking and what you do, what you say, and your response to things. And so I think choosing to have that self-discipline and pursue self-discipline of, like, I may not feel like being obedient and maybe church seems boring or maybe the Bible seems boring or maybe praying seems like a waste of time, and your feelings feel that way, but don't follow your feelings. Like, follow what is truth. Because our feelings may be valid, but they're not necessarily accurate. Mm, and something we can good. follow. And so, just remembering that as you move forward and, and choosing to seek Him and let Him define 
your identity and to find what you do and what is truth and kind of let that be your guide. That's good. What, what would you say is, uh, you know, what would you say is kind of the, the main reason why it's important to reach preteens? You know, why, you know, ministry like Kids Speech Club, that's, you know, our, our visions give every preteen a Jesus experience. So from your perspective, why why is the preteen year so important? Mm. I mean, coming from a 22-year-old, I mean, because I started wholeheartedly pursuing Jesus and seeking to um, make him my everything and receive his love in full and seek to share him starting at 12 you know that brought me a decade which is a half of my life Mm -hmm. you know 12 to 22 of ministry opportunities um and people who i got to share with by the grace of god you know that the lord allowed me to take part in his ministry and getting to share jesus with everyone from the girl in the cafeteria who i met up with yesterday that i've known Mm -hmm. since seventh or eighth grade to the person um in high school and, and to follow, I mean, it's been really sweet to hear, like, I've had someone reach out to me and order the book, didn't know that she did, and she was, like, went on this whole, like, gave me this essay text of just, like, wow, like, I, di- I didn't tell you in high school, but, like, the way that you were unashamed of Jesus, it encouraged me, inspired me, but I was jealous, and so I never said anything and, like, was ashamed to talk about my faith. But now I want to wholeheartedly pursue Jesus, and I'm going to read your book, and I'm, you know, and so, you know, I... I was discouraged, you know, a lot of the time because no one ever told me that. But now, like, there's things that the Lord did, you know, even though I didn't know at the time that allowed to plant seeds in people. Yeah. And that, like, I mean, same way that you had a ripple effect in my parents' life and it had a ripple, ripple effect in my life, I think that there's so much ripple effect. There's a lot of value in those 10 years. You know, I'm a 22-year-old, so, right, right. you know, it was a preteen. My story is that it was a preteen. Um, and whether you're past preteen, like, there's still hope. Like, you don't, you know, your story is so amazing. Like, it doesn't have to be that you fell in love with Jesus as a preteen. But I think that there's value. I mean, we see that the Lord chooses the least of these and that he, he uses those. And, and you've captured those 10 years that could have just been, yeah. you know, just 10 years not, you know, wasted or right. or maybe not necessarily wasted, but 10 years that were not used to its fullness yeah. and where you didn't have that ripple effect. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Uh, well, so again, this is this is a legit book now, not later, and really good. So, so Cassie, why should you know a teenager, you know, uh, a young adult? Uh, I mean, a lot of teenagers, young they don't really want to read these days, right? right? We right. just want you know YouTube and you yeah. know and all that. <laughs> so why why should they read this book now, not later? And why should a parent or grandparent read it? And, yeah. and you know, give it to their kids. Yeah. Why should they? Why should they give up their video gaming time to right. read now, not later? Yeah, I think if you're done with short-lived spiritual highs, and you're done for being disappointed with everything that you chase after in this life, and yet it fails you. You know, this guy, this girl, you're chasing after this sport, or you're chasing after this career, you're chasing after. Um, this identity or this or that, um, and it's leaving you dry and empty, that take a shot at Jesus. Mm. Like I triple dog dare you (laughs) to, you know, even if you're not a reader, you know, just open up yourself to read. I mean, 
whether it's my book or something else, I hope it's my book only because I wrote it for someone that doesn't care, you know, maybe someone who is discouraged, um, and doesn't really want to pursue Jesus or doesn't feel like pursuing Jesus. I, I hope and pray that, I mean, before your life is over, that you would take a, take a look at what could actually dictate your eternity and could actually give you abundant life here and now, whether you're 10, 11, 12, or 24, 50, 80 years old, you know, like Jesus is, is, if he's everything, if he's who he says he is, he's worth giving your life to, and he's way better than any, anything else that you could ever choose to give your life to. And so why, why would you choose anything else? You know, so just open yourself to look at, look at the, I talk about the facts and evidences of the faith in here. I think I've grown up around people who think that there's not much logic to the faith. It's a lot of made up imaginary stuff, which is not true. There's faith required, but Christianity is not blind faith. And so I would just encourage this generation who's all about facts and all about what's there, look at the facts. Yeah. I dare you, because, I mean, it's going to point you to a creator, number one. And number two, there's a lot more evidence for Jesus um, being the Messiah and fulfilling over 300 prophecies and science and archaeology and history. There's so much there that no one's looking at because they don't want to submit to a God. But if you do, it could change your life. Yeah. And, it, and it's worth it. If, you know, if, if God is who he says he is, and he says that he's the one way to eternity, it doesn't matter what you think or feel. If you think if you, if you think he's offensive or not, it doesn't matter. If he calls the shots mm-hmm. and he knows the way to a, a, eternal life and what's not, he's the one that calls the shots. And so right. choose what he says and learn why he is good and he is loving, he is faithful, instead of just choosing, you know, what's right in front of you, thinking that that's going to give you life even though it keeps failing it, you know? So, like, look at what's truth. Look at what's beyond you. Fix your eyes on what is above and not below and and take a shot. Just give a little bit of time to read and, and see if Jesus is who he says he is, and I think he will meet with you as they read. Yeah, so. Amen. So how can people get the book? They can go to Amazon and buy it there. It's $14, and so uh, that's where you can get it, Amazon. Yeah. And Amazon's great. They'll get it to you now, not later. I mean, yeah. they'll get it, like, right away. I yeah. ordered it, and I think I had, like, the next day. I mean, it was, you know, yeah. it was it was really quick. So, all right, and I love, you know, you say in there you encourage people to read the book, now, not later. So, yeah. uh, great book, now, not later. And really, you know, I mean, the subtitle is A Call for Young People to Wholeheartedly Follow Jesus. But I would also encourage you, it's a call, you know, certainly as young people, you want to start out, you know, and my, I have, my background is kind of similar, came to Christ young, mm-hmm. started in ministry at about the same age, about 12, mm-hmm. was called ministry. And, and just that, you know, my heart just resonates with you because I've seen that played out. But as you mentioned, you know, even if you're past those years, yeah. it's still time for now, not it's later. Now. And you yeah. can redeem those years that you have left, whatever that may be. Yeah. And so this is a great way to get started. So Cassie, thank you so much. It is so great to see you all grown up and, and loving Jesus, serving him. So thank you for stopping by our offices and, uh, and visiting with us. And I, I do hope folks will get the book, read the book. Um, because, and I, you know, Cassie and her family, they're the real deal. I, you know, known, I've, I've known them, and, uh, and this is great. So, again, thank you. We appreciate you so thank much. Thank you so All right. much. All right. God bless you. Thank you all for joining us on this podcast. And uh, we hope that you will pursue Jesus wholeheartedly now, not later, and hope that you'll continue to 
recognize the importance of, of what, as we do at Kids Speech Club, the importance of reaching preteens and giving every preteen a Jesus experience. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you.